Hello and welcome to this NLive's Open for Business podcast platform. My name is Adrian Price, the guy from the university, as I keep saying, with the perfect face for radio. And I host a show every Tuesday from 7 to 9 p.m. called Open for Business. Open for Business celebrates the very best of business in Northampton and Northamptonshire and brings together business, civic, charity and indeed academic leaders to talk about the business environment, to talk about initiatives and projects, especially where, they're, where they are all working together for the good of the community. So enjoy these extended interviews on this podcast. They're now set up as a standalone for you to savour and uh, to learn from some of the movers and shakers in the county. Enjoy. Well, as part of, of our regular feature to sort of get, you know, to look at different parts of the university, um, we have a guest today who's joined us a few months ago, and he's got the rather um, splendid title of Social Entrepreneur in Residence. Social Entrepreneur in Residence. So it's a big warm welcome to Jay Bourne. Jay, welcome to the show. Um, I guess we should start with explaining what a Social Entrepreneur in Residence is. Uh, thank you, Adrian. Yeah, it's quite, a, quite a, an ambiguous sort of title, isn't it, for many? Um, I think for me, the, the, the title is, as it says in, in the name, it's, it's a social entrepreneur that, that's actually on campus, getting involved in projects, working with students, but also mainly trying to stimulate activity within the county that, uh, that innovates and takes everybody forwards. Okay, and is it a county-wide, or do, do you have a sort of wider remit than that as well? I, I mean, I know we're the only university in this county, but is it something that you would expect to be working on nationally or indeed internationally? Uh, very much internationally, Adrian, but with our roots grounded firmly in Northamptonshire as an innovative university going forwards. Yeah, the sort of made in Northamptonshire model then. Let the others see us and copy us. Yes, imitators. Uh, absolutely. And being a change maker at Shoka Campus, uh, we were one of the first, as you know, in the UK. So, you know, I think it's, it's timely now to sort of step the game up slightly and turn the volume up. No, indeed. So just again, perhaps for the benefit of listeners, the change maker, the Ashoka U um, uh, accreditation, just give us a little bit of an overview of that. Jay, please. Well, it, it's, it's recognising a campus that, that puts at the heart the development of the student as a, uh, a person with the mindset and the attributes to make a difference in society. And, you know, it, it's great universities today, and there, there are many out there that talk about change makers of the future. But you know, we've now got the formulated structure and, and process that allows students to really develop and explore what that means and, and to do so in real examples, you know, through either enterprise or innovation or even community volunteering and uh, be able to talk the talk rather than, uh, you know, just just uh, potentially be seen as a change maker and actually evidence it. So by actually doing, will they have the opportunity to start or get involved with social um, enterprise work? whilst they're studying with us and not waiting until they become leaders of the future. Now, you work within the Directorate of Enterprise and Employability, um, clearly, you know, geared towards making our students um, as graduates relevant for what the world needs, but also, as you say, with this extra element, which is over and above making loads of money and getting a fancy title in their careers, but actually making a, a real difference. How did you get to where you are, Jay? Just give us a quick overview of your career to date. Oh, that's an interesting one. I, I left the army in 1988 after four and a half years. I left school at 16 and uh, I went into retail, uh, particularly retail logistics, and spent 20 years in the emergence of um, e-retail in particular uh, and home delivery. 
degree and, and uh, cut my teeth really as a solution architect leading quite big projects in Europe. But in 2008, um, you know, the, the landscape had changed and I, and I moved into what I saw as a, as a social space. So that's working with charities and foundations in the UK, particularly in, in uh, the support of young people, um, those in vulnerable areas. And uh, that quite quickly morphed, you know, um, what I found was that internationally there was there was a, a movement taking place and I ended up working in Africa for three and a half years, supporting the federal government with a, a youth reintegration program there, which was part of an amnesty. Um, and, you know, once you are international, you start opening networks and I ended up in the Middle East and widening into Europe developing social enterprise um, through NGOs, supporting social entrepreneurship and building an ecosystem of my own called the CESA community, uh, which brought together what I found to be the missing elements within society when it comes to supporting vulnerable groups. Um, so building that emotional resilience and I've spent the best part of 13 years doing so. Uh, networking, building collaborations within that. And um, it, it's got to the point now where it's almost self-sustaining. So next element for me really as a, a man approaching retirement in the next 10 years is how do I give back more? And, and to do that really for me is through students and helping students become that next generation of social entrepreneurs or social innovators. So that, that's, that's how I found my way to the, the role with the university. Well, very good, very clear, and a real purpose, right, to life, which I think many of us want purpose and meaning within our working lives, and it looks like you've found it. Uh, Jay, obviously, this social enterprise space, this social business space is a sort of a, a hybrid, right, between charities or not-for-profits and um, business. Now, we know that your title is social enterprise, but it covers a wide range of different types of organizations, but whose mission is in some way related to social good. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah, I mean, business nowadays is being driven by consumerism and consumers are in, in the past now moving more and more towards looking at your social credentials. So are you a business that lives its values? Are you ethically procuring? Are you taking everything into consideration within the communities that you are based within or serving? Uh, and I think nowadays, more and more now, businesses will be left behind if they don't consider being a social purpose brand. So it is an exciting place to be in. And I think more and more students now are understanding that and want to be a part of it in some way, as well as have a career. Do you think the time has come finally for this to really gain some real traction then? Has COVID accelerated it? I think it has, Adrian. I think a lot more now is visible. I think brands can't hide behind uh, bad practice anymore. Um, we, you know, we expect to see lots of um, social media activity about what brands are actually doing that adds value to communities rather than just making money. And I think more and more now uh, brands are realising that they need to be able to operate differently. So it's, it's how they now get involved with communities that I'm finding more interesting rather than just tokenism of, you know, litter picking or opening a community centre. It's more and more about being part of change within community yeah well this resonates a lot with what i'm sure my listeners if they're paying attention will have heard me talk about which is the public private academic third sectors working more closely together and probably the academia has a very important role as a catalyst for that for effective cross-culture uh, cross-sector collaboration 
Yeah, I agree with that. And that, you know, my my purpose for joining the university is to use that that network, that that um, uh, I guess that push that academia can give. And it's a trusted environment. People come to academia to understand uh, what they don't necessarily have as uh, expertise, and and a lot more partnerships are taking place now. And a lot more uh, universities are professing to be the experts and. Uh, I think there's going to be a race to find which ones actually are leading the way and innovating with business and, and how that is being done will become the case study of the future. <laughs> Indeed. Now, this is very close then. You're talking about community quite a lot. This, this is very close. The localism movement, which we've had for some time, you know, food miles and buy local, etc. I mean, these things are overconnected. Is there just too much vocabulary out there that people don't always necessarily join the dots here? Yeah, absolutely, Adrian. I mean, if you look at our university, we have four commitments, don't we? Uh, very clear. Um, they used to be called challenges. They've now been written into the university management team strategy going forwards that we will actually use that to measure our impact. So I think it's less and less about words and more and more about action and mm. being able to actually measure that and present it as something that's real. So yeah. if a university can be behind that and can lead that, then that's got to be the way forward. And I think communities now as citizens are looking more and more for that transparency. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Um, so actions, not words. And um, Jay, I think you've just launched a major initiative in the last few days. Can you tell us a little bit about that, please? Yeah, well, part of the job description was they wanted an incubator built by this uh, social entrepreneur residence. And there was no way I was just going to build an incubator like everybody else, because having been around the world, university-based incubators are great in theory, but not many work really well. Um, they, they focus more on enterprise rather than the whole impact um, provision. So a change maker incubator is what's been launched from within the university, it brings together everything that has gone on before, all of the expertise and legacy of activities uh, but doing so in a more structured and strategic way. So going forwards, it's about helping the county to start with um, access and release and then re-engineer the use of social values spending within procurement contracts. And as I was uh, able to illustrate at the launch event, the, uh, the county spends around about 700 million a year of taxpayers' money. And within that, there is contractual obligation under the Social Value Act 2012 to make sure that uh, a percentage of that is given back through social value in society. And uh, from my understanding over the last few months, there is a, a significant lack of transparency generally within the UK when it comes to social value spending. So the incubator will allow us all to come together and to focus on those four impact areas and to make sure that that money is being channeled into them through the charities, volunteer groups, and social enterprises that are active within the county, and to actually make the impact that suppliers can be a part of tangibly. Mm. This is a new frontier, right? The measurement, the metrics, because we're trying to measure in many ways the intangible, no? Well, we are, but if you look at socioeconomic development, um, you know, we have tangibles. How many young people reoffend? There's a cost to that. Mm. How many people are excluded from schools uh, or from society? There's a cost to that. Um, so I think in a lot of ways, it's about understanding the end point 
which the uh, Institute for Social Innovation and Impact uh, is now helping us to do, and to, to bring that into the visibility of the taxpayers to say, well, if we're supporting charities that are doing good and foundations that are running programmes and social enterprises that are trying to uh, make a difference in society, but we're using money that is already being spent, then number one, we're not looking for new money, but equally we're starting to focus on the areas that we can measure. Yeah. And there's, a, there's an element of taxpayer savings to that, you know, even down to antisocial behaviour through vandalism, it costs us money. Absolutely. So my, yeah, my link is to the, so what can we save the public purse? And um, let me give you my silly example. And if my listeners have heard it before, forgive me, but you know, Barclays Bank could give money to the chairman's wife's favourite donkey sanctuary, you know, every year philanthropic spend, but they could also take, say, £100,000 and retrain 100 um, homeless people. Now, if, if in that retraining, the input is £100,000, but if it saves four suicides, 15 hospitalizations for drugs, you know, 35 four, um, court cases, and gets at least 40 off the dole, I think we can begin to see the savings for the public purse. So the £100,000 input by Barclays could suddenly become a million pounds worth of, of savings for the public person. I think that's really, that leverage, Jay, that seems to me the, 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 the secret, right? Businesses like to numbers. If you can measure it, you can manage it. And I think charity sector is learning to use more numbers and measure its impact. But if we can sort of have that kind of linkage, perhaps we can bring this to the attention of more people and they can begin to measure their social return on yeah, their philanthropic activities. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that, Adrian. But there's another element to this, which is the taxpayers already paying for road construction, uh, building construction. It's paying for back office services and the police and the fire and rescue services. Yeah. So within those contracts, the multi-million pound contracts, which you add up to 700 million a year, yeah. a percentage of that is locked away as committed social value spending. So this is money that is not philanthropy, it's it's actually money that should be going into a more structured process for social impact. Mm. And I think sitting at the middle of all of this should be a commitment, which uh, the university will now be pulling forward, which is the Northamptonshire Social Impact Pledge. And that's getting procurers with um, suppliers and community actors like the foundations and charities to come together to re-engineer the money so that it allows us to run more programmes uh, run them for longer. We're not reliant on cyclical funding and donations. This becomes a sustainable approach to social impact. Very interesting and very um, worthy indeed. Do you have a team to help you do this, Jay? Yeah, a small team, the Changemaker team in the hub in the university. Um, and obviously there are wider colleagues within faculties. We have, uh, we're starting now to bring through the social enterprise networks and the, the foundations to come and partner with us. So you end up with a collaborative approach and everybody has ideas, but ultimately the university becomes that trusted environment through which all of this can now start to take place. Mm. So it's an exciting time, really. No, very much so. Um, just two, two questions then. Um, Changemaker, you mentioned. Do you think that phrase, which is very powerful, uh, you know, I think it's relatively well known in the university, some pockets or some faculties embrace it more, but is it well known in the community? Is it something you're trying to raise the profile and put a little bit of perhaps marketing communications behind? I, I think you've hit the nail on the head for me. When I came to the, the job interview, Changemaker was, was lost in lots and lots of different narrative, lots and lots of different perspectives. And I think when you come from the outside looking in, it doesn't mean a lot. 
but you know we we both know uh, that change maker is a mindset an approach uh, a set of attributes which can be determined and defined and i think it's about showing that through evidence so you know let's make northamptonshire understand change maker as something that's power for good and you know the individuals and groups that have then been part of that will all be using those same mindsets and attributes which again helps people understand it more so it becomes about um, social impacts rather than an intent yeah indeed now you mentioned earlier on a community that you'd created so i didn't quite catch it sisek did you say um, is that something you're able to yeah it's a, the social emotional skills alliance community which has been growing steadily across the world for just over 12 years now so it's a, it's a focus on building again the mindsets the attributes but equally the capability within education youth work family homes for what i call emotional resilience it's the, the ability to cope with uh, adversity and change but also to uh, drive change within your community and have those networks and resources that, that form collaborations for long term so just say that again sorry ses is it s-e-s-a-k sisa social emotional skills alliance sisa social and emotional skills alliance and you've been able to bring that in the university can benefit from that Absolutely. network that you've created yes over the, yeah, yeah. Over so the there's, there's resources expertise there's ip that's been developed all of which now connect into the university. Um, when we did the launch the other night, I was able to bring NGOs from across the world who will now be able to connect into our students virtually and do innovative projects. Our students will be able to support them through internships to create uh, additional capabilities in different countries if they so desire. Um, and, and equally, it's, we've got a digital capability now to create that, uh, that as you mentioned earlier, that social media reference, uh, a, a way of referencing and seeing what's going on and being able to be a part of that, sharing that as uh, video uploads, podcasts, insights, everything. So we're creating a real community of change. No, excellent, Jay. So as a social entrepreneur in residence, are you going to be allowed to be very entrepreneurial? Because very often universities are not necessarily known to be the most in entrepreneurial organisations. Uh, I'm quite a tenacious person, Adrian, and uh, already we've we've managed to create a new incubator with a logo and a launch event, which the university just backed without too much questioning. Uh, I was able to get the great and good in a room whilst we also uh, live streamed it to a, a, an audience across the world. And to a large extent, uh, you know, the, the, the gentleman I work with, Ray Irwin, has been able to position a lot of stuff very very quickly that allows the university to push ahead with its commitments so arguably uh, my choice of coming to the university has been based on the fact that they are forward thinking and they are not your usual uh, red brick or, or uh, university sort of political environment that's, that stops this it, it's actually embracing it so I'm you know not stepping out of any boundaries but I'm certainly going to be pushing those boundaries so that we deliver on our promises Excellent. So I think it's worth stating that the university's strategy document, and it's available online, does say that we are um, aimed to make the county the best place to grow up, to live, to visit, uh, to work in, and to start, manage, and grow a business. And it seems, Jay, that you're very much uh, touching many of those different elements, you know, to the community well-being, the health and well-being of our community, 
for all of us, whether we are, and of course, at different times, we're consumers, we're employees, we're often employers, we are beneficiaries of um, social services, etc. So it sounds like you have a fascinating role, certainly got your hands full, very ambitious, very, very worthy indeed. Um, any sort of last comments, hopes and aspirations, say three to five years time, what would you like to, to see? Well, I, I think hopes and aspirations will be that uh, we're able to engage the county into the university and vice versa so that together we can deliver on impact and that impact will be clearly and tangibly measured so that everybody can trust it. But the main thing for me is that we unlock this ambiguity with our suppliers for taxpayer money and we use that money that should be being used but in a more structured and targeted way and that the, the county benefits and then you know I think that within five years could then be the, the next phase of leading forwards as a university as to how a change maker environment does it you know follow our lead and, and we'll, we'll happily partner and, and collaborate with everybody else to follow our lead another made in northamptonshire success story jay if anybody wants to find out more about it work with you on this how do they get in touch with you uh yeah jay jay dot born b-a-u-g-h-a-n at northampton.ac.uk Thank you, J J A Y dot Born. That's B A U G H A N, not V as you might think. J dot Born with a B at Northampton.ac.uk. Jay, many thanks indeed for coming on the show and sharing us some insights into your fascinating and such an important role. Good luck, uh, keep up the good work, and of course, keep safe. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed that interview. There are plenty more here on the podcast platform, and of course, you can always listen on uh, live on Tuesday evenings from. 7 to 9 p.m. on NLive Radio 106.9 FM or digitally via nliveradio.com. Um, if you'd like to know more about the radio station, please do look at nliveradio.com. And um, we're always looking for support from the community and further afield. So if you'd like to support us, please go to nliveradio.com slash support us. So until next time, thank you very much again for listening.